You all want to have a seat for a minute? We got a, a few announcements to make. We wanted to uh, put our vision frame back up in front of us a minute. Take a few minutes this morning to just not talk all the way through it, but just remind ourselves this has been Creekside's vision for, for a number of years, and it continues to be our vision. And it kind of tells you what our values are, um, what our mission is, which is leading people everywhere to a devoted relationship with Jesus Christ. And uh, our method of doing that and, and what things we would consider us to be successful as. So I'm just going to look real quickly down the left-hand side there. It says, we would consider ourselves successful when the people at Creekside Church are worshipers, missionaries, family, disciples of Jesus, and generous. So this is what motivates what we do, and it continues to motivate what we do. That's why we have this service this morning to be together. It's why we do Awana, why we do small groups and Bible studies for men and women and, and the, the whole church. And it's why we do things like the Easter egg hunt and every other ministry that we do. So our, our goal and our vision and our mission is, is to continue forward with those things. Um, in that vein, too, we are in a time of transition uh, now. So we are planning an all-church prayer meeting, and we, we're still working through the details of, of the specific date, but uh, watch your emails and, and check. Maybe we can get that on Facebook, too. The specific day um, probably be the week of spring break, I'm going to guess, at some point. Um, but we'll send out an announcement on that. The Easter egg hunt, we, I just wanted to give a quick update. There is a table out there. If you still want to volunteer but didn't get a chance, there's sign-up sheets out there. We have 1,181 eggs, empty eggs. We need candy to fill those eggs. We also need uh, 5,819 eggs to go. So uh, once we hit that 5819, we'll close the doors. There's more information at the table, and you can talk to Caitlin Short if you have questions about that. Now, at this point, we'd also kind of like to give a brief introduction so you know who Matt and Lindsay Bowen are. Could you two stand up? We won't necessarily make you come to the front, but this is Matt and Lindsay Bowen, and their daughter Violet is here as well. I assume she's in Sunday school or nursery. He's got the tag <laughs> to prove it. This morning during the announcement, he didn't have his wife to prove it, but now everybody can see that he does actually have a wife too. So uh, Matt and Lindsay are candidating for or pastor here. He has served bivocationally and is serving bivocationally at Orchard Bible Church in Centennial, Colorado, which is kind of in between Denver and Colorado Springs. Did I get that right? Okay. And they came and we interviewed them last night, the elders and the deacons. And this afternoon we'll have lunch together and he will give kind of a, a brief summary of his experience and vision and you'll have an opportunity to meet him in that time, plus get lunch. Now, at this time, Mark. Where's Mark? Oh, there's Mark, right in front of me. <laughs> I'll turn this over to Mark. Well, it, uh, we're, like Bob said, in a little bit of a transition, um, but there's a lot of exciting things going on in the church and in the people's lives, a lot to be hopeful about. We really believe that God is going to do a fresh work here, um, that God is going to bring people to Christ and build this church up. And so it's exciting to have pastoral candidates coming through. It's also exciting to recognize some families as new members of the church. So, you know, we're missing a few faces this morning, and we miss them. But at the same time, the Lord's doing a good work in people's lives here. 
And so I just want to invite the Carters and Packers up. And uh, they've been with us for a while and have gotten active and involved in ministries here right from the start. And so um, we've had a chance to take them through our one-hour get-to-know-us class and meet with them individually as elders, a couple elders. We just meet with them to hear their testimonies, to answer any questions they have, to uh, talk about areas of interest for ministry in the church. And uh, we just sure appreciate you guys. And uh, this is kind of the final stage of it, just publicly recognizing you guys as members. We have uh, Alec and Annie Packer here who have jumped right into our youth ministries right from the start. And Alec and Annie are also very involved in the Navigators Ministry at Drake University. And so we sure love you guys and appreciate you guys. Um, and then the Carter family, there's six of them up here. So we've got Ron and Ann uh, towards the end there, and Ryan and Chad and Brooke and Courtney here, and Courtney uh, being married in a, in a few weeks. So the last name will be changing uh, in a good way, I think, with Adam Westfall, a good name to have. And uh, so we just want to pray for you guys and uh, just sure appreciate you guys using your gifts here and membership while we're, when we're saved and brought into the body of Christ. We're part of the universal body of Christ, but then it's also, we believe, important to make a commitment and come into the accountability of a local fellowship of believers uh, like here at Creekside. So let me pray for you guys, and uh, maybe we'll have a round of applause after that. Lord, we just thank you for how you are building your church not just here at Creekside, but across this great Des Moines metro area, across Iowa and Colorado and around the world. And we just thank you for bringing the Carters and Packers into this local church fellowship here. We love them. We thank you for the gifts you've given them. We just pray that we would be able to support them and them minister to us as well as we build up the body of Christ together. For the glory of the Lord Jesus, uh, we give you thanks for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Bob. Uh, in a minute, the offering's going to come around. Uh, so I'm going to uh, commit that to the Lord and also uh, just pray for him to, to minister to us here this morning. Father, we thank you. Every blessing we have is a gift from you. And nothing we have, we have apart from you. God, we just pray that you would fill our hearts with fresh love, with fresh excitement, with fresh joy to know Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Uh, God, just bless every heart here this morning, uh, people in, in many different places, uh, but all of us needing to be encouraged and fed and uh, sustained by you. So we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, sometimes you ever hear a song and it's got a line and you say, man, where's, where does that come from? Uh, well, this next song, uh, one of the lines kind of hit me as I was uh, preparing this week. And it goes like this. It says, my anchor holds within the veil. And what does that mean? Well, that comes from a verse. It comes from Hebrews 6.19. Hebrews 6.19 says this. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf. So when we say that our anchor holds within the veil, we're saying that that veil in the temple, that only the priest could go in, 
only the only the certain man could come and minister and minister and, and be in God's presence. But when Jesus died on the cross, that veil was torn. That veil was broken. And and now our anchor holds within the veil. And Jesus has opened up that access that we have to the Father. So let's just uh, let's sing the song out. Um, you know, this is a this is a, a morning where we're just in the middle of change, and change is, is kind of scary for us sometimes, and it brings a lot of mixed emotions, and how awesome it is to know that Jesus Christ is our anchor. He is our cornerstone. So let's sing this together. start there especially when that iPad landed on my foot but it's all right if you have your Bibles uh, you can turn to first Peter chapter 3 verse uh, 8 through 22 is where we're gonna be I'm gonna go ahead and read for you before I do let me uh, let me pray God we uh, we thank you we thank you for Jesus uh, God we thank you uh, for our cornerstone uh, God, we pray this morning uh, as we hear from your word, God, that you would speak to us. Um, God, that you would challenge our hearts. God, as we, we look here and we look at the words of Peter, uh, God, we, we want to take them to heart. And we want to see uh, how we should pursue you, how we should run after your son, Jesus, and follow your kingdom. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, let's start over. 1 Peter chapter 3, the title of today's message is going to be simply blessed. Hashtag blessed. I don't know if you look on social media, anybody on social media? No? A couple of you? All right, so, you know, blessed is kind of a, a popular word right now. Right, And the way we probably look at blessed is probably different than the world looks at blessed. But you could go to Twitter right now, you could pull up the hashtag blessed, and you're going to see all different things as you scroll through. Half of them talking about things that have happened in their life. They've got a new job, hashtag blessed. They've got, they performed at sports, did something well, hashtag blessed. Something happened with the family, hashtag blessed. And then there's going to be a segment on there that's probably going to make fun of that other segment. Right, because it's a popular hashtag right now, a popular saying right now, uh, yet sometimes it's probably overused. And many times we don't really understand or fully understand what it truly is to be blessed. We think of it, and when the world thinks of the term blessed, they think of it, things are going well, right? I have more than I had before, or things going well, and all those things I just mentioned. And that's the idea of what it is to be blessed. When we look at what the Bible says about blessing and what the Bible says about what it is to be blessed. Mike Johnson's looking up the hashtag right now, aren't you? Yes, I know, I know, Mike. Yeah, thank you. We'll get an update on what we see uh, in that feed later on. When, when the world looks at it in terms of how the Bible looks at it, it's, it's a whole lot different. 
And so this morning, as we read through this passion in 1 Peter chapter 3, I want us to, you know, as I looked at it first, it, it looked like, okay, he's saying this, then he's saying this, then he's saying that. But as I looked at it more, there were three ideas that I think stuck out in my mind. And they all revolved around this idea of being blessed. And here are the three. Number one is service. Service is defined to act on behalf of another. As we look at being blessed, Peter looks at it in the terms of, okay, if you want to experience blessing in your life, you need to be the blessing. So service, acting on behalf of other people to experience blessing. Number two, suffering, that even in our suffering, there is blessing. And then the third one is source. What is the source of our blessing, the source of our blessing. So three things as we look at 1 Peter chapter 3 today, three things we want to look at with this idea of being blessed. Service, suffering, and what is the source of the blessing. So let's read together here in 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 8. It says, Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whosoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous." And his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. Blessed. You are blessed service, suffering, and source. That's what we want to look at today. As we look at the first portion here, verse 8, I, I find it odd that it starts like this. In, in verse 8, he says, finally, finally. Well, this is in the middle of a letter, right? So we're about halfway through this thing, and then it's finally. Finally, finally what? And I think what he's saying is not finally like, hey, we're at the end, because we're, we're not at the end. What he's saying in, is in summary, or based on what I've talked about so far, here's a couple thoughts. Finally, so as we look at this idea of suffering, the suffering that's taken place and the suffering that is to come, here are some thoughts that I have on it. So as we look at this idea of being blessed, here we are, Peter saying, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit 
a blessing. Service. So as we look at this first idea, this idea of service, here's what we want to look at. The first idea, idea is to be a blessing to inherit community. So as we think about serving, as we think about acting on behalf of another, as we think about being a blessing so we can receive a blessing, here are the two ideas we want to look at. The first, to inherit community. And you see it right, right there, right off the bat. Be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble, do not repay evil with evil, insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because of this you were called, so you may inherit that blessing. So we start by talking about what, what is a blessing anyway? What's the idea of a blessing? And as we talked about at the beginning, the world looks at blessing as success, right? If you look at the world and you ask if you are blessed and you go and you, Mike will give us that update at the end, the hashtag blessed, and you want to see what is, what is in there, it's all going to be revolved around what is going on in people's life, the good and what's going on in people's life. I'm blessed because things are good at work, good with the family, my sports team won, all those things. And the problem with that is we equate this, these good things happening with favor from God. That if things are going well and I've received this and I've received that, then surely I find favor with God. And, and the problem is, you know, I've talked to, to people before who, man, these people love Jesus, but they probably don't, still don't understand fully what, what it is to be blessed. Uh, I remember talking to an individual recently, and he's talking, oh, man, work is so, going so well. Man, I'm truly blessed. It, it's great. We want to praise God for all of the things going well in our life. And if work's going great, that's awesome. Those aren't bad things. The problem is when I say, you know what? Work is going well, therefore I am blessed. Because what if it's not going well? Does that mean I have less favor with God? Does that mean God thinks less of me? I don't think so. And, and the problem today is there are so many people and even People in churches that proclaim this prosperity gospel, that, that proclaim, I remember reading an individual's book, you know, I, I won't say his name, but it r rhymes with Joel Olstein. And I was reading his book, and, and, and here I am, a chapter into his book, and it talks about how I should expect to have more than my parents had. Like, that should be an expectation of mine. Now, I, you can go, and he has many good things to say. But I was talking to another individual recently, and I said, I want you to do this. I want you to go to his Twitter feed, because this is where we spend our time. Mike, you can check this out as well. Well, I want you to go to his Twitter feed. I want you to see how many times he says the name Jesus. And my friend went there, and guess how many times he found the name Jesus? He couldn't find it. He couldn't find it. That, that's a problem to me. Okay, so I, and people like him, they have many good things to say, and you can take nuggets, and you can apply them to your life. But I warn you, and I just would encourage you, whoever it is, me, him, whatever, we want to go back and we want to look, and what does the Word of God say? As we look at this idea of being blessed and blessing in our life, man, it's, it's got nothing to do with really what's going on in my life. You know what it has everything to do with? What God has already done in Jesus. That's what it means to be blessed. We looked, I don't know, this was a year or two years ago, we were in the book of Ephesians, and we went through Ephesians chapter 1, and Ephesians Chapter 1 is such a great book on understanding what it means to be blessed. What it means to be blessed. And in it, it talks about 
Okay, we have been adopted as sons and daughters. We've been adopted. We've been redeemed. We've been bought back. We've been forgiven. And what Paul wants us to realize in Ephesians chapter 1 is blessing is not anything that we do and then so therefore we get, but it's a position. It's what we already have. Because of the finished work of Jesus, because of what Jesus has done, I have been blessed. I've been adopted. I've been redeemed. I've been bought back. All these things have already taken place. Therefore, I'm, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because of what God has already done through his son Jesus. And so we need to understand that. Blessed. Be a blessing to inherit community. And so as we look at this, here's what we want. I, I think what Peter wants us to point us to in this passage, uh, much like when I talked a couple weeks ago, I, I shared that the opening statement in Rick Warren's Purpose Driven Life, he said this life is not about you, right? I think Peter's aim right here is the same thing, that we realize to receive a blessing is to bless other people, to serve other people. He says, be all these things, right? Be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, be humble, be all of these things. I think of the words, you know, JFK's famous words, right? My fellow Americans, ask not what you can do for your country, or what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. That, that same thought resonates here, right? When we think about our church, when we think about Creekside, it's not about what I can get out of it, and we think about life in general. It's not about what I can get, right? It's about what I can give. And to be a blessing, to receive a blessing, man, is to invest in community. And that, for me personally, you know what I like to do when I get home? I like to sit on the couch and not worry about anybody but myself. You guys hear that, right? You feel that, right? So, but here's what God wants from us. God wants us to have and live within community. Live within community to be like-minded. What does it mean to be like-minded? Like-minded people within the church, man, we want to pursue the kingdom of heaven. We want to live that, what we just talked about, out, right? We want to make disciples of all nations, right? We want to do those things as a church. We want to see people one for Christ. That's like-mindedness, that's what Peter is encouraging us to. We want to be sympathetic. We want to love one another, compassionate and humble, all of these things. It's this family-type atmosphere, right? This is what God wants for us. He wants us to be a family. And what would a family do for each other? I better be careful because my, my family showed up. But, but a family would do about anything, wouldn't they? I, I, I see my sister down here. I remember my sister... You know, you know, we almost lost her, I mean, was it eight, nine years ago? Almost nine years ago uh, when she had her brain aneurysm. And I think about that moment, and uh, I remember talking to my brother. We're at the hospital, and we, we honestly didn't know if Katie was going to make it or if she made it, what her condition was going to be. And I remember him and his wife saying to me, oh, man, maybe we need to move here. We need to move here. We need to help with the family. We need to come up here, right? Because they were thinking, okay, family first, right? What do we got to do to take care of the family? That's a picture that, that Peter wants to paint here. It's a picture of God, what God wants for us. It's family first, right? Family above everything. And what we want here is we think about serving, is we think about being a blessing, inherit, inherit community. This is it. It's a family. And there isn't anything we wouldn't do for each other. That's what we want at Creekside, isn't it? That kind of family atmosphere. Man, that there is nothing we wouldn't do for each other. That's what Peter is pointing us to. This is the kind of actions we want to have. Like-minded, sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate, be humble. Don't repay evil with evil, insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil 
with blessing. So even those who show us evil, what do we do? We respond in that same way. Not the same way as they respond to us, but don't repay evil to evil. Because of this, you were called so you may inherit a blessing. Inherit a blessing of community. The second thing we see, and we see it be a blessing to inherit the blessing of God. And we see that in verse 10 as he is quoting Psalm 34. Now don't misunderstand this. This isn't to say you do something so you receive something. Okay, I already mentioned that. We're not doing something so we receive something. In fact, we know we've already received it. But this is for us to experience the benefit of that which we've already received. Right? You go back to the beginning to inherit that community. And inherit the blessing of God. When we begin to live this out, we begin to experience that which we've already received from God himself. To experience the blessing of God. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are, are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil on a practical level. So we, we know on the, on the theology side of things that we have been blessed. We have been blessed. But on the practical level, here it is. Man, if I want to live a life worth loving and see good days, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from deceitful speech. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace. God loves the honest man, the straight up man. God loves the honest woman. One who speaks truth. And we see it here. Man, this is practical ideas, practical living, that we would love life and see good days. We would keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. Practical things as followers of God that we want to live out. We would experience the blessing uh, to inherit the blessing from God. Number two here. So we see blessed is that idea of service. The second one is this idea of suffering. Suffering. How can suffering be a blessing? Doesn't that, it really doesn't make sense. When you think of it in the, the terms that the world thinks of blessing, this is a tough concept. Wait, suffering to receive blessing. I, I, I don't get it, right? Because in the world's eyes, being blessed means things are going really well. Work, family, cyclones one, I don't know. You're blessed because these things are happening. We know that's not the way in which the Bible speaks of blessing. So we want to look at two concepts here. The first one is the why. Why is blessing able to be found in the midst of suffering? How? The why and the how. Why can we find blessing in the midst of suffering? I read a, or I saw a quote this week that was pretty good, I think, pertained to this. And it talked about this. It said, Pleasure gives the opportunity for a pleasant life. Pain gives the opportunity for a great life. Pleasure gives the opportunity for a pleasant life. Pain gives the opportunity for a great life. As you look at some of the most incredible stories, what do you see? What, 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 is, what is the common theme of people who have li truly lived a great life? You know what the theme we see? We see scars. We see suffering. We see heartache. We see trials. You can see it with these people that follow Jesus, can't you? The, these disciples that follow Jesus. You know what you saw? You saw suffering. You saw trials. You saw tribulations. You saw difficult times. Yet 
you would look at them and say, man, these guys lived great and incredible lives. So we can take it easy. We can go back and end of the day, I can go sit on the couch and take it easy. That's a pleasant life to me. But you know what? A great life looks a whole lot different, doesn't it? I saw this commercial. I liked it. I think it applies. And plus, I liked it. So you're going to watch it. It's the last goodbye, I swear. I have no regrets. This is Michael Phelps. For the past is behind me. Tomorrow reminds me just about it I compare myself to Michael Phelps a lot I mean may I mean my build my physique that whole bit but but I as I as I think about even watching the last Olympics here I am you know go grab some to drink and maybe some chips sit on the couch and enjoy watching his greatness but what did it take to get there I mean you, you can see it I mean he's up there throwing up he's sitting in a bucket of ice shivering whatever was there suffering? Was there pain? Was there trial? Was there tribulation for him to experience greatness? Absolutely. Absolutely there was. When you think about this pursuit of Jesus, you think about pursuing the things of Christ, and you think about living this idea of living a great life. You know the people, think of it this way. A pleasant life is that manicured life, right? A great life is a life of scars, people who have been through the fires, people who have been through the trials, the pain, the suffering. And as we think and follow and pursue Jesus, the people who I've seen that I admire most, they have had struggles, they've had trials, they've had tribulations, they've had difficult times in their life. Yet, because they knew their cornerstone, man, they were firmly placed. God used those things. And God spoke to other people through those things. God wants us to live and have a great life. And you know what comes with that? Suffering. The blessed life is a life that has suffered, that has seen pain, that has seen trials, that has the scars. That's truly what a great life is. Where is the greatest life? In the manicured or the scarred? Why? Why? That's the why. The second is the how. How is blessing able to be found in suffering? We've seen the why. How is blessing able to be found? I think when people encounter suffering, and you'll see this, uh, that people, you'll hear this statement often, right? People have turned from God or they want nothing to do with the church because they encountered something in their life and they said, where was God? This happened, where was God? Surely God is not in control if he'd let this happen. Or surely God is not good if, he's not, if he would let this happen. Have you heard that? Right? 
Uh, it's a common theme with people maybe who have once been in the church or once been involved, and all of a sudden something happens in life, and they want nothing to do with it. And the key is, in the how, is that we need in our hearts to see Christ as holy, right? That's the goodness of Christ. And we need to see him as Lord. That's him being in charge of our life. And Peter mentions it right in here. Read, read, read these verses with me in 13. Who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats or be threatened, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Right? Set him apart as Lord. That you know he is in control. You know he is holy. You know he is good. You know he is in control. Set him apart as Lord. The way to truly experience blessing through suffering is to set apart Christ as Lord in your heart. He is good and he is in charge. And when we know that, we know that, then we know that even in the suffering, even in the pain, even in the hurts, there is a plan and a purpose for what we are going through. I was reading a blog from another real estate agent uh, in town, and I shared his story about four years ago. His wife passed away, Pam. And I shared that when it happened, and you won't remember that, but I was reading his blog this week as he continues to talk about what's happening in his life. And I thought they were appropriate words for this. And he shared, first of all, he shared Pam's final words. Pam had started this blog before she had passed away. She was uh, battling cancer, and these were days before she died, and these were her last written words. She said this, This earthly life is only a small part of my life. I choose to live this life in anticipation of the life I will live eternally with Jesus, my Savior. Are those pretty incredible final words? Right before you die, right before you leave, right before it ends. Powerful final words. I'm going to read what, what Tom wrote here, but I want to read verse 15, uh, 15 first. It says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always, this is one of the most famous verses in the Bible for sharing your faith. It says this, Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. Always be ready to give that reason for the hope that you have. Now that's always true. But how much more powerful is that statement in the midst of suffering? That in the midst of my trials and my struggles and my tribulations, that even when all of that is going on, I can give a reason for the hope that I have. Isn't there so much power in that? That Pam, when she's dying from cancer, can make this statement, the earthly life is only part of my life. I choose to live this life in anticipation of the life I live eternally with Jesus my Savior. That's an awesome statement anytime, but with someone who is dying, how much more power? Isn't that incredible? And so we look at these words of Peter, and we understand it in the, in the context of, okay, talk about blessing in the context of suffering. How much more powerful is your testimony? How much more powerful is this hope that we have in the suffering that we're facing? And Peter wants us to understand that. Peter's talking about trials and tribulations, the suffering, and then in the midst of that, that we can still give a reason for the hope we have. This is Tom, and this is Tom sharing this a couple days ago, talking about his wife, 
Pam, who had passed away four years ago. I share the difficulty and struggle, the hardship and pain through this blog, not so you can feel sorry for me, but quite the opposite, so that you can fully appreciate God's love and kindness being poured out on me through the comforting and sustaining work of the Holy Spirit. It's been four years. I didn't see how I could make it four minutes without Pam. God has saved the day and proved his word to be true. Our faith is not just the hope for future salvation, though that is our exciting destiny. For me, it is seen in Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. God is with his children every minute of every day. I don't know what challenge you are facing, but I can tell you the truth. The power of God is sufficient to meet your need through faith in Jesus Christ. Quite honestly, without the power of God in my life, through my faith in Jesus, my life would either have ended or would have been in shambles. There is nothing special about me. I am not an unusually strong person. It's not me. God has been faithful for these four years. It is all him. Isn't that a powerful statement from someone who has suffered, from someone who has seen the trials and the tribulations? And how much more? to know what he's been through, and then hear his testimony, to hear the reason for the hope that he has. Man, it, it carries incredible weight. What a testimony for Jesus. Suffering. Service, suffering, and then the final one is the source. How, how can we have a blessing? How is this even possible? And it's seen simply as I'm going to read one more verse for you. And it's in verse 18. And as we look to take the bread and the juice, and we think upon Jesus and his body that was broken and his blood that was shed, it's there. Our source is seen in the finished work of Jesus. It is seen in that fact that he suffered. He ultimately went to that cross. He bore our sins for you, for me, so that we could live. And I, like Tom said, I, I have no idea where you're at. I have no idea if there's suffering in your life, there's a heartache or there's trials. But you can know this, is that despite our sin, despite our struggles, despite the fact that we do, we do have done nothing to deserve the blessing of God, God has sent his son Jesus. He has sent his son Jesus. And here is the gospel in verse 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He has put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. This is what he has done. The righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. This is what God has done for us. He's given us his son, Jesus, the righteous, the one who knew no sin, who knew no wrong, dying for us, the unrighteous, to bring you to God. This idea of being blessed, the source of it, the source of it is Jesus alone. He suffered. He died. The righteous for the unrighteous. Let's pray. God, we, we thank you uh, for this incredible thing that you've done for us. God, we were undeserving. We were unrighteous. Yet, yet you still you still found worth in us to send your son Jesus. And because of him, we are blessed. We are blessed, not by our own doing, not by our own works, but we are blessed 
because we have put our faith and our hope and our trust in Jesus alone. And because of that, we've been adopted, we've been redeemed, we've been bought back, we've been forgiven because of Jesus. This morning, as we look to take the bread and the juice, we, we, we ask that you just remind us of this great thing that you've done for us. And guys, we look at our own life, and we, we examine our own life, and God, is, uh, we see suffering, we see pain, and we see trial. God, may we look to you, our cornerstone. God, we, we realize that you endured, that you went to the cross, that you suffered and gave us this great example to follow. And God, in our own life, as we would pick up our cross and follow you, God, we ask that you would lead and you would guide. And we do it all in the name of Jesus. pray together. God, we, we thank you again for Jesus. We thank you as he was the source, the source of our blessing. God, that we've been adopted and redeemed and forgiven because of Jesus. And, and remind us of this great blessing that we already have. We already have it in Jesus. God, as, as we, we leave here and remember the source of this blessing, as we go through life, uh, God, remind us that in the midst of suffering, uh, God, that there is blessing and there is growth and there is a great life to be lived. And God, in this community, uh, help us to serve other people. Help us to be a blessing to others. We know we can only do it through you, through the spirit that you've given us. Uh, God, help us to realize that and take hold of that. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. Jesus.